1: In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? Tony Dunn in the house. C3 Panthers podcast. Little free agency buzz going around. We're in the legal tampering period. Where free agency doesn't start for two more days, but now these guys get to chit chat and sign the deals and let us know about them before free agency starts. And the Carolina Panthers have let us know about two early deals. Pat Fline signing a three year thirteen and a half million dollar deal, six million fully guaranteed. He is a former Viking. And New York Jet. And waiting on our guest tonight, but life happens, you know. Um, Scott Mason from Play Like a Jet podcast is going to come on here, hopefully, in just a few minutes, and let me know what we got with this guy, Pat Eflon. And uh, he's a guy that is a multiplayer, right? You've heard Matt Rule talk about he likes guys that are multiple, Right, and so F line gives us an opportunity. Look, he's played guard and uh, effectively at center in the in his past, going back to college. And the Carolina Panthers have also signed Cam Irving to a two-year, ten million dollar deal with eight million guaranteed, which we can also just say is a one-year deal. So the Carolina Panthers have ultimately worked to bolster the offensive line. And when I say bolster, they didn't have any offensive linemen. That's the issue right now. They have franchise tag Taylor Moten. They have no left tackle. They have Matt Paradis, which I also heard someone who sounded more important than me say Paradis. So maybe I've been mispronouncing his name, meant paracing his name matt paratus right so look we do need some depth on the offensive line but we also have heard news of kerr getting cut jermaine carter unfriending the carolina panthers and sanham i love the players i'm out kind of so there is a lot of breaking news for the carolina panthers despite us knowing any of those names going into this moment So don't forget to smash the thumbs-up button and check out the C3 Panthers podcast on Tuesday nights, which tomorrow we're going to have the whole crew. We'll have Cody Lashney, we'll have CK, we'll have the Bat Daddy, we'll have the calls. The number is 252-228-1598. And we will give you the most in-depth analysis. But right now, let's talk about this, is that Carolina – Missing a lot of pieces when it comes to the offensive line. We know that this was a piece or a a aspect that they were going to try to address. So the fact that we're kind of poo-pooing or a lot of Panthers fans are poo-pooing these two signings right here is based on the players, but not based on the need. Right now, a lot of people is that we've heard Vikings fans then to Jets. Well, I've I've heard mixed reviews when it comes to the New York Jets, but Viking fans who I don't even know where Pat Line was drafted at, came out of Ohio State probably. So, All right, so let me – here, I will address some chat. First, mad shout-out to the chat room. Lance Kubiak, Michael Jones, Nova Black, my man – 704 Bound Charlotte, Caleb Dixon, Tim Estes, Underground West, my homie, Joe Lee, Humble Flip No Fool, you know, right, is perfect. So you guys tell me. That's what I want to know. Y'all tell me, what do you think about these signings? I think if we're going to quibble, right, if we're Panther fans, here's the one thing. As Panther fans – a lot of the Twitter reaction was initially and just overall negative. And I was retweeting the negative like crazy. Because what we're trying to do, it seems like, is I won't say we're trying to do is the Carolina Panthers have a clear need on the offensive line. It's that simple, right? Is they don't have any offensive linemen except for two. There's three positions they got to fill and then the fir- so we knew they were going to have to work on this we knew it was going to be a combination of both the draft and free agency so we're not upset that the trickling of news is offensive linemen in fact like that's what we're excited about offense oh gosh damn we need offensive linemen but the problem does come with is that both of these names fail to impress and that is where panthers twitter that is where panthers discord c3 panthers chat check out the discord channel folks we got a live chat going on all the time it's kind of cool man it's like you can bring all of this together the chat room in the in youtube the chat room on twitter we put it all together on the discord channel on facebook all of that all the listeners can hang out on discord and talk about this stuff and It's not about the need. It's about the quality of player. But I do want to say this, guys, is that when you look at the numbers, I'm not too concerned about the investment, right? So a lot of people have been talking about this is Joe Lee says this. I love, in fact, I'll put his his comment up here. I love the extra depth yay, like the kid's cheering in his little emoji or his little profile pic. People, yes, we need depth, but the problem is we need a front line. And I think that's a little bit of where the concern emerges, right? So F line, uh, I think his versatility helps us in one way is that we're signing him to be a guard but what happens if Paredes, also known as Matt Paradis, in my eyes, what happens if Paredes goes down? We need a guy that can scoot in, right? So multiple, multiple there. Cam Irvin has been described as a swing tackle, a guy who can play guard and tackle and neither well. So I don't know. Hopefully Scott will join us any moment. Let's see. I'm checking Twitter right now. He said, give me five minutes wrapping up now. So what I would like to say is this, is don't forget tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 9 p.m., the longest running Panthers podcast. Make sure you smash the thumbs up button for this show right now and check us out on Tuesdays. The number is 252-228-5098. If anybody wants to call in right now, you can go ahead. 252 228 5098. You know, I don't take live calls, but you just call in, leave your message. I'll play it real quick before Scott gets here. What do you think about these signings that we're doing? Obviously, they are necessary in the position base. Look at this. Look at this, folks. Irvin gets beat like a freaking drum. I've heard those words too many times as a Panther fan. Not only have I – look, I'm I'm to the point where Byron Bell, I'm not even mad at that dude no more. I'm not even mad at that dude no more. Byron Bell played guard okay, and then we asked him to be like right tackle, and then we said, hey, guess what? We're going to start you at left tackle next year. And he was like, all right, I will do anything because – Y'all are paying me. He was terrible. I was like, "Gosh, Byron Bell getting beat like a drum, pop, 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 pop." Turnstile beat like a drum, boom, boom, boom. Left-handed Byron Bell. No, he want the worst. He want the worst. Cause Matt Khalil killed our quarterback. He killed our salary cap and David Tepper didn't even make that dude. Actually, it probably was before David Tepper one year, but I would have made Matt Khalil pick up trash in the parking lot. And I bet you that trash would just blow right by his ass. I'd be like Matt Khalil. I told you to pick up trash, blow right past his ass. He was the absolute worst. And I don't, And I do know that the Matt Khalil kind of story is connected to Ryan Khalil. Panther, great, played center as well. Also connection to the New York Jets. We can ask Scott Mason what he thinks about that in just a moment. But I don't even believe, like, I know that Matt Ryan Khalil had some influence on this team. But I'm telling you, is that Gettleman blew this? And you're right. Maybe they are right. Maybe they are that Jerry Richardson told, I don't know. But Matt Khalil may be the worst football player I've ever seen. And then my boy, Mike Vela on Twitter, and also who hangs out in this chat room on Tuesday nights, he, his brother knows about uh, these cats. And he said that Eflin Worse than Khalil. I did not want to hear that. But I cannot believe we're trying to play him at left tackle. Obviously, he's not suited for that. He's a guard or a center. So the numbers 252-228. My name's Tony Dunn, C3 Panthers podcast. I want to know what you guys think about the early free agency moves. Also, some cuts that have gone on. Um uh Zach Kerr was among those. I talked about Jermaine Carter Jr. briefly. Guys, there's a lot of work to be done on this roster. Do you agree with the Panthers moving early on the offensive line? I want to highlight a couple of comments right here in the chat room. Tim Hestey says, Byron Bell would be legit right now. Oh, my goodness. It may be the worst thing, right? We are trending down, homie. We are trending down and we've been tra- that was 2014 seriously and we ain't gotten no better right on top of that keep pounding says Rimmers was the worst one he wasn't Rimmers was good for 12 games folks and then after week 12 he hit a wall and that wall hit him hard and Rimmers has gotten a lot of flack because he did sign a pretty significant deal in Minnesota was the same Mike Rimmers there played him at right tackle and then we saw him most recently in Kansas City uh initially as a guard in the Super Bowl they had to play him at left tackle I could have told you that was going to be a disaster from day one so all of those things are going on the Panthers trying to strengthen the offensive line and free agency and Panther fans are concerned that they're just adding warm bodies. We're going to bring in Scott Mason from Play Like a Jet podcast. Scott, welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. It's been a minute. Masking up. He's playing like you a like j- it? On
0: his No, video. I'm just doing, just doing this. This is
1: my play like a jet mask. So yeah, I'm I right it. Now. yeah, I see it. Yeah, I see it. He's playing like a jet right away. Scott, man, thank you for coming back. How are you doing on free agency day? Of course, brother Tony, anytime, man. I love having you on the show, and I love
0: talking with you and the C3 crew. Um, I'm I'm pumped up. It's funny because the way things started today, everybody was freaking out, and then the Jets got stuff done late into the night, whereas early in the day, it was Jared Davis was the first move, and everybody was like, all right, whatever, uh, a, a guy who's an okay linebacker. And then all of a sudden, it was Corey Davis, the wide receiver. Okay, well, he's not amazing, but that's a nice upgrade. And then Joe Douglas really struck with the Carl Lawson deal, giving them that edge rusher they desperately need. And all of a sudden, uh, the mood began to change, as they say, with uh, with Jets fans. I think a lot of people are really happy right now. that They were able to add a major piece offensively at receiver. They were able to add a major piece defensively at edge so I'm I'm pumped up about it
1: are you willing to trade us pick number two still my first question
0: what are you giving
1: he was first of all folks is I've been asking for this pick from Scott for like three months uh, and nah, since the end of the season and he's always said no right away are you any closer to Deshaun Watson I guess is what I'm saying are you like, because if not, if you're not closer to Deshaun Watson, then number two has to be at least offered by the Jets or not uh, on the table a little bit, but not like uh, given. I think it all
0: really depends on if Houston is stubborn enough to stick with Watson until after the draft. If that happens, who knows? As far as the number two pick, it depends. What are you offering? Because it would have to blow me out of the water if I'm Joe Douglas.
1: I give you three first for it. This year and so, two more. Mm, that's tempting.
0: I may I may need to take your second rounder as well. I may need to take your second oh, rounder right. as well. Okay.
1: Please take Teddy Bridgewater. Anyway, we brought on, <laughs> we brought you on tonight to talk about the first name that came with the Carolina Panthers and, and free agency, Pat e- El- Elfline? E-fline? Yes, Pat
0: Elfline. Pat Elfline.
1: Elfline. Pat Elfline. He signed a three-year, $13.5 million deal with Carolina. Uh, it's been verified by his agent. $6 million of that is guaranteed. I'm still wondering how much of the first-year salary, right? So is that like $8 million in the first year and then – it's five in the back and they could get out of it questions i so i have questions about the contract still about how it's structured but the panthers have last year um we had the mo- the highest paid left tackle in the league not with us but he was requested to be paid in bitcoin in russell <laughs> Dude, and his money has quadrupled in the last. It's crazy. Russell Okung is the man mm-hmm. when it comes to money. I love,
0: I love Russell Okung. He's my, one of my favorite players in the league.
1: He is a so. Anyway, we had him on a one-year deal for a quadrillion dollars. It did not affect <laughs> the cap like that, but we also now have lost him. I don't. I couldn't even name Scott Miller. I think is his name these rotation of guys that were just kind of warm bodies. So we lost all of them. We have a center in Matt Paradis, or Paradis, as I've heard recently, and Taylor Moten that we franchise tag. We need bodies. We need guards. We need, you know, we don't have a left tackle yet. What do we know about Pat Elfline?
0: Well, so Elfline spent the bulk of his career in Minnesota. He came to the Jets midway through the season last year after he got released and the Jets put in a waiver claim on him. The problem with Elfline is – I'm trying to think of the easiest way to say this without really making your audience depressed. He reminds me a little bit of Brian Winters in a sense. Now, Brian Winters was a guard for the Jets for quite a while – And the Jets eventually moved on from him. What Winters would do is he would make a lot of these highlight reel pancake blocks. So people that didn't watch the Jets on a regular basis would say, ooh, that Brian Winters, that's a tough son of a gun. And he was extremely tough because he would play through all kinds of crazy injuries. But the problem was if you watch Winters consistently, especially in pass blocking situations, he was very, very rough. And with Pat Elfline, he could make a lot of those really fun pancake blocks on running plays. And he actually wasn't bad run blocking, but pass blocking, he was really bad. He was brutal. And that was the problem with him in Minnesota. He gave up an insane number of pressures there. And I think that's why they finally cut bait on him. And I think that is what the Jets saw during the number of games that he started when he came in here. He was able to help get some push in the run game at times, but pass blocking... Uh, At at best, inconsistent. At worst, he just really wasn't very good.
1: He was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings at the 70th overall pick in the third round in 2017. They had traded up for him to get that pick from the 79th. Interestingly and coincidentally, uh, they sent a 79th and a fifth round pick to the New York Jets to (laughs) a Uh, Zach Elfline, who then later became a Jets. Um, Yes. Can he get get better? Can he get better in pass blocking? I I guess is this, is that, what do you think about that contract? Maybe I should ask you. The three years, what did I say? Three years, uh, 13 and a half million, and six million fully guaranteed. What do you think that contract tells you about what the Carolina Panthers attend for, intend for him, you know that we have no guards, and we have a center on the last year of his deal. Is this a bargain, I guess, for us, or did Elfline get a steal? This
0: kind of reminds me a little bit of when the Jets signed your old friend, Greg Van Roten. I think mm-hmm. they signed him basically as a placeholder so the idea is Elfline probably is penciled in as the starter at this exact moment. But if somebody else gets cut later on that they prefer, or if they go into the draft and get a, a player that can win the job in training camp, then Elfline isn't terrible value as a super sub at $6 million guaranteed for a guard. It's not that bad. So I think he's basically insurance. He'll start if they need him to. But they're probably hoping that there are better options that will open up for them.
1: Whatever happened to Greg Van Roden? I feel like you guys paid a little bit more than $13.5 for him, though.
0: Van Roden was, man, he was up and down with the Jets. He started off really bad, had a decent stretch. He was much better in pass protection than he was run-blocking. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be back on the roster this year. They structured the contract so that they could pretty much get out of it after one year, and I think they'll keep him if they can't make any reasonable upgrade at guard. I think they'd keep him over Alex Lewis. He was a little bit better than Lewis, and I think he's a little cheaper. So I think he may stick around if they can't add somebody in free agency or somebody that gets released. I know a lot of Jets fans, myself included, were hoping for Joe Tooney, and he ended up going to the Chiefs. There aren't a lot of other options out there, although I will ask you about one guy. He was the guy that got traded for Russell Okung, Trey Turner. What what do you think about him? Because as far as I can see, as far as free agent options, he's really the only guy left that has any value. I know he was banged up last year. But for the Panthers, he would seem to be pretty good.
1: So I looked up his age and he's only 28. And Mm -hmm. I was a little surprised by that because he balled out early for us. So he came into the NFL and balled out, obviously, when he was like 23, 24, 25. And it's the last couple of years he struggled with injuries. How about this? Is that if you could sign his ass? For a reasonable, like if you signed him for this deal, I'd be fine with it. Is that you yeah. would have to, you would have to worry about um injuries, obviously, but you have to worry about that with every player. He's looked kind of heavier to me in the past years, and this is just eyeball. I'm not a tactician, man. I just watch the football games from a fan perspective, but just eyeball. He's looked a little bit heavier to me, not as quick. And I think you'd be fine if you put him with some good players around him. And, and that's the real hard part, Scott, is evaluating players singularly when there are, when their position, where, where everything is dependent, right? I don't even, I don't know what p- position is not dependent on something else in the NFL. So how do we evaluate a player on a bad defense that played well? You know, I mean, it's it's very difficult. And so that's what I would try to say with Trey Turner is that, look, he's proven that he could play very well and at a high level in his career. He's like any pro dealt with injury to a certain extent. And really now is the time to probably get him because he ain't going to cost anything. The real problem, the reason the Chargers dropped him is because they didn't, it's not because they disliked him, it's because they had to pay him $11 million this year. Right. Yeah.
0: The way I look at it, Tony, he's really the only decent option that they have left. If he can be fully healthy, he could be worth a, a swing, as you said. Otherwise, yeah, I think Van Roten could stick at least temporarily because maybe they have him battle it out in training camp with a draft pick or with Cam Clark, who they drafted last year. But uh, he, yeah, I mean, he was more or less what everybody kind of expected, a placeholder. Nobody thought he was going to be anything more than serviceable. I felt like which y'all is kind paid of him a little
1: bit more than that, though. Y'all paid him like he was going to be better than that.
0: I don't think he got that much because I know they can walk away after one year with a negligible cap hit. Has it been they, that? It's, it's
1: only been a year. Yeah. Yeah. Last wow. year was the
0: only that year. Feels
1: like a decade to me at this point as a Panther <laughs> fan. Um All right. Time let me ask you this. Is that uh, what are the, what are the storylines in the NFL on your mind? Uh, both with the Jets and just at large.
0: Well, with the Jets, I really want to see what they're going to do at quarterback. You you were talking about the number two overall pick. Obviously, Watson still hangs uh, in the balance. We don't know what's going to happen there. Are the Jets going to hang on to Darnold? Are they going to trade him? Are they going to trade out of the number two pick? If they do, is Carolina going to jump up? That's one team that's been mentioned a lot in terms of moving up to number two or number three with Miami. So uh, that that to me is a a very interesting storyline. The Watson storyline, whether he goes to the Jets or not, is incredibly interesting because we've never seen anything like this with a quarterback at his age, at the peak of his powers. So if he does get Damn, traded, you're when does he like get him
1: happen? on a deal, homie? You're gonna get him on a deal. You understand? That's my thing. Is that obviously it's a big deal. But we understand that the NFL is growing and growing and quarterback salaries are growing and growing. You understand the tenets of the deal. It's much different than trading for Russell Wilson. I think who could come in and say this is now it's time to talk extension right away.
0: Yeah, which Watson could do also. But at least with Watson, if you give him an extension, he's still only going to be like in his early 30s by the time he would finish his extension. Wilson is 7 years older so it's a different ball game there. Is
1: there but, a but chance me- uh, Is there a chance with Watson though? If he was de- ultimately has demanded a trade. He has been known as a good dude. People like him, right? We like him. Everybody mm-hmm. likes him. He's got a good persona, I guess, or image. If he was tr- demanding a trade and then the first thing he does is trying to is that a year out, though? A little bit, maybe? Like, I mean, he can't be like, he can't get in New York and be like, all right, now I'm here, and now I'm a dick because I live in Well, New York.
0: Well, no, I think what, what he could do is, because he has a no-trade clause, he could tell the team that's going to trade for him, I'll waive the no-trade clause if you give me oh, an extension. Yeah. For, you see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. All right, uh, what so we, else across the NFL just piques your interest, and then I'll let you go.
0: Man, I just want to see where a lot of these big names are going to end up. Kenny Galladay really is fascinating. I wonder where he ends up. He's easily the best wide receiver on the market. Your guy, Curtis Samuel, I want to see where oh, he goes. I, I really like that. him. Possibility for the Jets, he, he would be interesting. He's from – Uh, New York. So that could be someone that would fit well with what the Jets are looking to do on offense. And and then I'm curious to see where some of these other big name free agents wind up, uh, especially when you're talking about a situation where, you, you know, you have teams that have a lot less cap space than normal because, and I was talking to a cap expert about this, Even though the cap only went down $10 million, the cap normally goes up $10 million. So it's not that it's $10 million less, it's $20 million less than teams were planning for. And that's why teams like the Jets who carried over space and stuff now are in a a pretty good position. So I wonder what's going to happen with some of the bigger name free agents, but also even if some trades happen just because teams are desperate to clear away space. So if I'm the Jets, for example, I might be calling the Saints and saying, hey, what's going on with Ryan Ramchek Or what's going on with Marcus, La- uh, excuse me, Marshawn Lattimore? And there are other teams that you could call up. I wonder what's going to happen with Darnold because, so you know, the 49ers. It's like,
1: it's like a black market free agency. Mm-hmm. Like an underground free agency of trade yeah. that could potentially happen because, you don't spend your money on just this limited group of people, but you also know that other people are holding assets that they might know that they can't truly afford at the moment.
0: And that's what makes Darnold potentially valuable because if you're a team that isn't close enough to get, to get a top quarterback in the draft and you don't have the ammo to trade all the way up, right – You look at Darnold and you say, okay, well, he struggled for the last three years, but he's only going to be 24. He played in a terrible offense with a terrible coach. If we put him in our system, maybe he can do something and he's cheap. He's only 4 million this year. And if you exercise the option because the cap went down, it's now only going to be 18 million. So theoretically, if you wanted to, you could commit to him for two years, 22 million which really isn't that big of a deal mm-hmm. and he's probably the close yeah not for quarterback exactly and he's probably the closest you're going to get unless you have a high pick to getting a quarterback who has the potential to be a franchise quarterback now obviously for the jets it's a different calculation because they're sitting at number 2 so they have the opportunity to get anybody they want other than Trevor Lawrence obviously And so it makes it a much easier decision to move on from Darnold. But for another team, like let's say, for example, uh, the the Saints, if they – or actually they just signed Winston. I was going to say if they didn't sign Winston, but they did just sign him. Or I know Washington just signed Fitzpatrick, but he's a bridge. Any of those teams that are further back that aren't going to be able to be in position to get a quarterback that they really want, even Carolina – because there's no guarantee that they're going to be able to move up or if they sit at number eight, who knows who falls to them. So I'm just saying if you're a team like that, Darnold might be worth a gamble for you.
1: Not for the Panthers. That is, we, <laughs> that is a lateral at best move. And Teddy's a bum. Look, Teddy's a bum, but we <laughs> need to blow it up or we need to get, all right. Um, I had two more questions. I said it was going to be my last question for you, but I came up with some good ones. First, what do you think about Cam re-signing with Pats?
0: It's funny because when I first heard it, I'm like, what are they doing? And then when I saw the actual details of the deal, I was like, oh, it's a good deal because it's really only $5 million guaranteed. So essentially, if they go out and get a better option, like let's just say, for example, they either draft Mac Jones or – Let's say the 49ers make a deal for Darnold and they decide they're going to trade Garoppolo and they trade him back to New England. Now Cam can
1: back up Garoppolo, which you would need. Whoa, 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 whoa. There is no world that I live in where Cam Newton will back up Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: I mean, I don't see any way that it would be crazy, especially since Cam's getting paid $5 million in guaranteed money.
1: Garoppolo, it is any smidgen better than Cam Newton?
0: Not prime for prime, but now if, if Garoppolo is healthy, yeah, of course. Cam looked washed what? last year. You don't think so? You don't think Cam looked washed?
1: No, I think that Cam looked... Well, like, look, I think he looked like he was slowing down. First of all, he rushed like a running back. He had like 585 yards. On top of that, he had 12 rushing touchdowns, and the Pats just ultimately just said, "Look, is everybody COVIDed out of this world?" <laughs> and it, really, the thing is, this is we saw Tom Brady struggling that offense the year before, like crazily, right? People were saying Tom Brady looked, looked washed, and he went and down, won the Super Bowl the next year. When you they put Cam Newton behind a shit offensive line, the defense had everybody opted out. And I'm not saying Cam Newton was fantastic, but they asked him to do a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, my thought is that most likely they think playing to,
1: to back up Cam Newton. Not otherwise. That's my point.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I mean I guess we'll just have to disagree on that one. But either way, my point I, is that
1: I get more about Cam, bro. Yeah,
0: hey, it's all good, I understand. <laughs> but in all serious but in all seriousness, when it comes to Cam, I think at five million guaranteed, basically the best case scenario is that Cam, like you said, turns back the clock, and if that happens he gets a max of fourteen million, which would be a bargain if he can be anything close to what he used to be.
1: And what if not, and he ends up. With a, what a steal yeah. for them!
0: Yeah, and if he doesn't do that and he ends up a backup, then so what? It's five million dollars, which is nothing for a backup quarterback. So I think it ended up being at first you hear it and you said, "What are they doing?" And then you realize, "Oh, they're not really committing to Cam. They're bringing him back, but that there's no guarantee he'll be the starter." So. For five million guaranteed, that's nothing. I don't. I think it's actually a pretty solid move. It was a better move than a lot of the other moves the Patriots made. Some of those were uh, made me scratch my head. I'll tell you that.
1: Last question for you: What do you want the Jets to do? It. What do you want the Jets to do in the draft? I was going to say that too, but that makes <laughs> that implies you pick. What do you want the Jets to do in the twenty twenty one draft?
0: I would say, Tony, that if the Jets keep the number two pick, which I would be in favor of unless they can get Watson, otherwise I would stay at two, I'd like to see them draft Zach Wilson from BYU. And then what I'd like to see them do from there is use their picks to fill the areas that really need to be filled, particularly on offense. I mean, I like the fact that they got Corey Davis, so that helps. But I wouldn't mind seeing them draft another wide receiver. For instance, if they don't sign Curtis Samuel in free agency, maybe they go into the draft and try to get Kadarius Toney at number 23. I happen to be a big fan of, and I know you, you're you in this territory, so you would know him fairly well, J.C. Horn from South Carolina. I'm a huge fan of his at corner. So that's a guy I'd like to see them get. If he's there 23, that would absolutely be the pick for me. And I'd even consider, I know Jordan Reed from the Draft Network recently had a mock draft with the Jets moving up a couple of spots to get Horn. I'd be all in favor of that. I think he could be a number one corner. And then after that, I'd like to see them really solidify the interior of the offensive line. I'd like to see them draft some guards. I think that's very important. Any depth, even if there's a good tackle too, I'd like to see that. I I would consider if, if Horn or somebody like that is gone. Uh, getting somebody like Christian Darasaw from Virginia tech, or if one of these scenarios happens uh, I know that, uh, Daniel Jeremiah had suggested the, the idea of using Sam Darnold to move up from say number 34 to number 12 with the 49ers. If that happens, maybe they use that pick to go oh. and get a tackle or a guard, something like that. And then Kenny Gainwell, uh, or some other quick running back. I'd like to see you need, you need to add youth, and upside at running back because the Jets haven't had that in a while. So that's really what I'd like to see them do. I'd like to see them add weapons on the offense, some depth on the O-line, potential starters on the interior line, and really on defense, the one position, especially now that they got Carl Lawson, that I I think is very concerning that I'd love to see them bolster is uh, cornerback.
1: I totally lied. I have one more question for you. You have done so much work with... Look, Play Like a Jet podcast. You guys put out so much material. It's wonderful. So many guests. And look, I just envy you guys and what you're doing over there and how much you're pounding the pavement. You do work on every single potential quarterback that could be drafted by the Jets. And my question to you is this, is that if you were to draft Zach Wilson and the Carolina Panthers are in the circumstance at eight, I believe pretty sure it's eight. Mm-hmm. And we got Justin Fields, Trey Lance. I don't even want to say Mac Jones because every Panther fan does not want Mac Jones. Nobody wants Mac Jones. So <laughs> if it's Justin Fields or Trey Lance, who you got? If you are the Panthers GM.
0: So first of all, thank you for the kind words, Tony, especially coming from you. That means a lot. I really appreciate it. Uh, as far as quarterback, Man, it's interesting because I think Trey Lance has the most upside of anybody in the draft. But for me, I just worry about taking a guy where there's so much projection because with Lance, you don't know for sure what he can do. You've seen the raw tools, but in that offense that he played in at North Dakota State, he basically was facing base defenses all the time so he wasn't asked to do anything complicated or face anything complicated now he could be taught to handle that but you don't know what he's going to be able to do there's no guarantees with fields there's a lot of that as well but I think he's faced better competition he's had to to deal with different things and and I think he's shown to be a more accurate passer so I think what it really comes down to is truthfully I personally would lean towards fields, but if you have a coaching staff and look, Joe Brady is a guy who, as you know, you and I have talked about Brady before. He's somebody who's very well regarded for his work offensively and scheming and figuring out how to get the most out of the players he has. So if you have a guy like Joe Brady, where you can even have the flexibility, I know you hate Teddy Bridgewater. But if you hang on to Teddy Bridgewater and you say, all right, listen, we, we're we not that sure Trey it. Lance is that ready to play it. day one, right? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you could yeah. potentially yeah. No, do that.
1: I, this is what I've been preaching is I'm all in on Trey Lance. I'm all in on Trey Lance. And I think we have a circumstance, like you're saying, where Teddy Bridgewater, they've already thrown him under the bus and you play until you lose your job. And like you mentioned, Joe Brady can get a lot out of his players. Look, we think Teddy Bridgewater's a bum, and he just had three one thousand yard receivers. Right? I mean, look—is that yeah. we had uh, we had Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, DJ Moore putting up stats like the greatest receiver in the world in his first three years, and Curtis Samuel, all of y'all with the connections are all there to the Jets. Kurt, Robbie, now Curtis. Formerly Teddy Bridgewater, but if if Joe Brady can make the uh, Teddy Bridgewater look like not a bum, that is an amazing job in itself.
0: Yeah, and I, I think with Lance having Bridgewater there buys you some time. Like I said, this to me is a lot of projection, and it would make me nervous. But if the coaching staff is confident that they can coach him up and get him to where they need to be, where he needs to be. The only problem though, of course, is that you're hearing buzz now that Trey Lance could go as high as number four to Atlanta. To so the
1: Falcons. I know it's driving me fucking nuts, bro. Oh I know. That's the worst thing I could hear. All right. Scott, I've taken up so much of your time. I know it's late for you, and you squeezed me in at the last second. I really do appreciate it. Scott, play like a Jet podcast. Tell them what type of work you're doing because I see it all over the place. It's awesome, man.
0: Thank you, Tony. And first of all, you know for you anytime. Literally, if it was the middle of the night, I'd make time for you. You know that, so don't My worry man. about it. Any Anytime you ask, you know I'll be here. Uh, As far as Play Like a Jet, we actually just launched within the last couple of weeks and it worked out perfectly with free agency, playlikeajet.com. So now you get the podcast every day and you can find that on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple, all that stuff. And the website now has a lot of written content. We've got videos, a YouTube channel. We're going to be doing a bunch of YouTube lives. So it's really opening up a lot of stuff. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna be actually Tony. I sh- I wanted to talk to you, and we'll I'll I'll uh, text you about this. But uh, maybe we can do a thing where we'll post the link to uh, to the Cat Chronicles on playlikeajet.com, and you guys can post the link to us, kind of a friends of the website sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah. We're, we're oh, just getting
1: another thing. Don't forget, don't forget us on draft night, bro. Don't of course. You know, got, that. we got the live party on draft night. We're gonna you're gonna be trading back. With the Panthers going to trade into number two, we're going to get Zach Wilson. You're going to be sad but happy. It's going to be great. So, where can they find the website, though?
0: So, yeah, the website is playlegajet.com, and uh, you can get the podcast there, but all the great written content too. We've got everything up from what happened today. It was a mad scramble. Luke Grant. John Grella did such a great job today helping me out with putting everything up with all the happenings. I'm going to be, as as we speak, uh, in a few minutes, I'm going to be recording a podcast with Chris Nimbley of JetsInsider.com to recap everything, and at the the podcast goes up usually right around midnight every day, uh, that's seven days a week, and tonight it'll go up a little bit later, but that's okay, but uh, generally... Somebody is uh, able to download the podcast first thing in the morning. If they have an overnight shift, they can hear it then. Whenever it's easiest for them, it'll be available. And then all the written content and the videos and all that are up right now too, at playlikeajet.com. So that's where they can find me, Tony. Like I said, anytime you need me, I'm here. You just let me know. Happy to to come on anytime you want. And uh, it's always a blast talking to you. The only the only regret I have is that uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to the rest of the C3 crew.
1: I know. Don't worry. We got you. We're going we're to bring you back on. We'll see you soon. Scott Mason, play like a jet. Go check out his work. Thanks a lot for your time, Scott.
0: Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it, brother.
1: All right. Okay, guys. Look, the Panthers have made uh, some moves in free agency that has, in the initial stages, to pad the offensive line. We have uh, tried to find out a little bit about Pat Elfline, uh, who seems like he could be serviceable, maybe a little bit more. And I do want to say this to people, as, look, is, and I'm with you guys, as I'm on, I'm with you with the bum train. I understand the sentiment, folks, that we have been through a bunch of bums. And when we see names, Ultimately, very similar to Mike Rimmers kind of getting signed by the Vikings or whatever it was. It can be less than exciting. But we needed bodies. We needed bodies, number one. We needed players, number two, on the offensive line. And number three, we have to look past the initial reaction when it comes to the contracts about what the numbers look like. Because when you think about it, What is a starting guard ultimately going to be paid? What is the price tag? What is the length of the contract? In these cases, I think the way I see Scott Federer structuring these contracts is that these guys are one-year deals where they're going to make a little bit of coin now, and the Panthers might have a little leverage if they turn out to be okay. If they turn out to not be bums, we may get a deal in year two or three. But certainly it could be a six or eight million dollar bum. So let's be patient. Let's also remember the Panthers probably need to add FOMO bodies to this offensive line. My name's Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. It's a special free agency news break, I guess. Monday night edition. Tomorrow night we're live, 9 p.m. The number is 252-228-5098. I want y'all to call in, folks, and tell me what y'all are thinking about these moves and Panthers free agency. What do you want to see go forward? 252-228-5098. Come on. Smash that thumbs up button free. Give the show a share. Well, just hit retweet on Twitter. Share to your friends on Facebook. I can't tell you how much that makes me feel good when you do it. I do it for you y'all so do it for us. Just trying to build a little Panther talk. Thank you, Jason Lewis. Thank you, Tim Estes. Thank you, Rex Smith. Homie got beats. Yes, you do, my man. Uh Thank you, Jermaine Shepard. I believe I said that. Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow night, folks. And until then, keep pounding.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need.